welcome to Yes Yourself, starting your boy, Classy Kyle. And Kevin. <laughs> well, hey, everyone. Welcome. So, um, of course, this week we have another special guest, which we'll introduce here in a moment. Um, you know, one thing that I've always noticed is, um, you know, we're all striving to try to live our best lives. And, you know, we, you know, look at some of these people that are famous and, we always say like, oh man, they must really just have this perfect life. You know, they don't go through a lot of the struggles that we go through. Um, you know, they don't have the same mental health issues that we do. You know, it's, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're just up there. We almost like we hold them on a pedestal. Yep. Well, I don't know. I mean, Kevin, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that's necessarily true? I do. Um, actually, it makes me think of a friend of mine that I play Final Fantasy fantasy with um who who did like um he's like the um location he was like the location person for like movies and stuff and he'd have like like the rock like Dwayne the Rock Johnson and stuff like at his like in his in the movies that he was helping with and he's and one thing you and I would always be like oh that's so amazing that's so exciting and he would just kind of he would just kind of say well they're just people too so yeah, no. And so, yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's like, hey, you know, everyone, regardless if you're rich or poor, you know, we all have our own struggles and personal. I mean, we're all down. I mean, we're all on the same planet. We all have the same, you know, same issues. It's just we're just in a different chapter of our lives. So anyway, um, I'm really excited to introduce another a really good friend of mine. His name is Barry Yandel. He is a voice actor but I will let him formally introduce himself and talk a little bit about, you know, his life and his journey. Um, welcome, Barry. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, Barry Endell here. And um, I just kind of my basic story is I, we, and you're right, we all face challenges. Like when I was born, I wasn't supposed to live. I weighed 10 pounds, 11 ounces. They should have taken me cesarean. They did it. I was going to die and my arm was damaged and all this sort of stuff. But I insisted on coming into this world and making my mark. I was raised, uh, my parents were house parents at a children's home. So I would have like 12 or 13 brothers and sisters um, living with me. I have one biological sister raised in Keller, Texas. And some people say, how do you think, why do you think you became an actor? And I was always like, well, I don't know. And then it hit me. My, I had wonderful parents, but I was fighting for their attention with 12 or 13 other people in the house. And we were a very musical family. And so I was a little singer and performer. But I think that I would was like on stage all my life trying to get the attention that I was having to share with these other kids that my parents, of course, loved. But, um, you know, getting more more and more time with them. So I was kind of, I wasn't really shy, but I was kind of quiet in school and kind of, you know. And then in eighth grade, I was kind of in choir and band and stuff. But in eighth grade, we took a trip to the high school. Y'all probably did this, you know, where there's all the tables set up. And they try to say, you should join choir. You should join band. You should join ag. Or oh, you have ag. 
We did. I was Keller, Texas. Wait, what is ag? What is ag? What is it? <laughs> what is it? Yeah, what is that? Agriculture. Agriculture. Joining oh my God. And you study hay and pigs. Yep. And you have to learn to clip the needle teeth of the baby, baby pigs. Yeah. Did well, not have that. <laughs> I did not choose ag. And um, I was walking past this girl. She seemed so mature and beautiful and old and i think she was a junior and we were in eighth grade and i was walking by with my frenemy to this day we're still frenemies a little bit more friends now um once he figured out that he could compete with me all he wanted i would always win but he came to grips <laughs> i'm kind of kidding but um he's an artist in new york he's very, very talented but this girl stopped us and said, have y'all ever thought about being in drama? And I, I remember I said, what is that? What do you do? Sit around on stools and read poetry? And she goes, well, sometimes. And I was like, well, it's better than ag. No. Um, I turned to my friend and I said, I don't know. She goes, oh, we got a drama channel. So we do plays and whatever. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. And I turned to my friend and I said, you want to sign up? He goes, why not? So we signed up and it was this place to belong. People were weirder than me. And it was all about performing and stuff. And we went to all these drama tournaments and I don't know what I had, but I won and everybody loved me and thought I was so talented. And I thought I was such a fake. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I win all the time. So, so then I went to undergrad in theater. Oh, in my senior year, I auditioned for Six Flags. So I became one of the little singy dancy people at Six Flags. And over the next 11 years, off and on, I performed at Six Flags Over Texas and Six Flags Over Georgia. And then I ended up co-writing and starring in some shows. I actually starred in a show opposite a live pig, an African pygmy named Olivia Pig Newton. And on her day off, there was her swing pig named Albert Einstein. <laughs> and <cute>. then <laughs> I was a, I I was uh, uh, two days a week, I... Uh, was a cocktail waiter and a singer in a gay bar in Atlanta called Bark Hearts. I think it's still there. And wonderful stories, but I sang with the Indigo Girls and had some experiences with Elton John and whatever. Well, then um, I did the national tour of South Pacific starring Jody Benson. You know her as Ariel, the Little Mermaid. We became fast friends oh. and I went to a pool party at her house. I love to drop that name. And there were some other big names in the show too. Armin McQueen and John Cullen. And then, oh no, before that, I did a show called Forever Plaid. I had done, I got some professional gigs, Godspell. Um, and then I got Forever Plaid, how I got my equity card. And then I went on the tour and blah, blah, blah. Time passed. And then one day, I, I, oh, I also taught theater in Keller, where I went for a lot, 19 years. But one day I was, about 22 years ago, it was the first day of summer, no more meetings, no more, you turn in your keys, you start your summer, you start thinking of all the things you're gonna accomplish that you never do. And I got a call on my cell phone from a girlfriend of mine, Christy, from college. And she said, my agent got me this audition at Funny Nation, Funny something, and 
and I can't find it. And I knew you grew up around here. Can you help me? I said, where are you? She told me. I literally, I swear I'm not making this up. Um, this is the story of my big break. She, I said, meet me in the parking lot of Kentucky Fried Chicken. We did. <laughs> well, we had cell phones, but we didn't have navigation back then. We were in the parking lot because back then Funimation, for those of you who know what Funimation, oh. now, I don't know, Crunchimation, Funny Roll. Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy Roll. Crunchy Roll, yeah, crunchy roll. they call it now. But You know, with Sony and all this sort of stuff that kind of become one. Well, um, it used to be on a, a floor or two of this bank building. It was crusty. I mean, it was OG Funimation. Mom and pop. Well, she tried to call people. She couldn't get them to answer. It's like calling the White House. She, well, she was in her car. I was in my, and she finally got someone to answer. And she rolled her window down and drove up. And she said, oh, thank you so much. She goes, they said they've had a cancellation, so they'll still see me. And I said, oh, that's great. Well, I had been an actor a long time, musical theater and drama and stuff, a little bit of film. But I, I had done some voice acting. I was a voice of a penguin for Neiman Marcus. I worked with Terry Bradshaw and I was the voice of a roller coaster at Six Flags called Runaway Mountain. Um, they don't play me anymore. I think I got a hundred bucks. I wish they would have given me a nickel for every time it played because it played like 800 times a day. Oh, wow. But yeah. she said, they'll still see me. They had a cancellation. I said, oh, great. Hey, um, what about me? And she goes, oh, my friend is an actor. He was wondering if he could. Oh, okay. They said no. Well, I went anyway. And this is my big break. I went up to the little receptionist guy. And I tried to act all confident. I was a little nervous. I don't get nervous anymore. I audition for Broadway. I have to work up nerves. Because I just don't get nervous. And I said, hi, my name is Barry Antel. If you should happen to get a cancellation, I'll be in the parking lot. This is June in Texas. I would be stinky and sweaty. But I tried to hand him my card, and he said, oh, I wouldn't be able to help you. You'd have to talk to so-and-so. Big break. Oh, really? And where is she? As a matter of fact, here she comes now through those doors. The voice acting angel sang. And I approached her. It kind of reminds me of Miranda on um, Devil Wears Prada. She was mm -hmm. kind of intimidating. Oh, and wow. I, I went up to her and I was like, I was nervous. I said, hi, my name is Barry Andell and um, I'm an actor. And if you get a cancellation, and she cut me off. And she said, I know you. And I, oh, well, when we did Forever Plaid, we were local celebrities and we signed autographs when we got to dinner and stuff. So I figured it was from that. And I said, from Plaid? She goes, no, no. I, she said, we used to compete against each other in college. Well, we didn't, we didn't go to the same undergrad. I think she might have gone to Texas Women's. But there was this thing called ACTF, American College Theater Festival. And you would take shows and compete in advance, advance in hopes of playing the Kennedy Center. And so I decided to be playful. And so I wasn't so nervous anymore. And she goes, I know you, we competed against each other in college. And I said, really? Did you win or did I? And she decided to play. She goes, probably you, because you were so good. I said, well, thanks for the compliment. If you really believe that, if if you get a cancellation, could I please get an idea? She goes, oh, please. 
I know what you can do. You don't need a cancellation. Follow me. So she took me. Wow. It's my big, big brain. It's my, you know, you hear the story of Lana Turner at the drugstore being discovered. Um, so she she took me back to the room with all the wannabes. And my friend kind of lit up. But then she looked to me like, how did you get back here? And I was like, huh, she knew me. So I don't really remember that night. Um, I know they took me to a booth and re- laid down my voice for something. And we're complimentary. And it was fun. So I went home. And you have to have patience, you see. So over the next three to five months, I think, they called me in a few times and laid down on something. I'd do some voices. Where, Well, then finally they called me in. And they introduced me to the director. He's now a big deal in L.A., but he looked like he was 11. And I thought, great, my big break. And they put me in the booth. And they had me voice this character that some of the fans of any anime will know, by the way, I I don't watch anime and I've never played any of my video games. We'll talk about that later. Um, And it was a character named Doll Talkie on this show that I've heard is just awful. I don't care. It's gave me my big break called Dragon Ball GT. (laughs) (laughs) That that usually gets a giggle. Although there are some diehard fans. It was Dragon Ball GT, the lost episode. And so I voiced the the character looked kind of like a cross between a, a monkey and Willem Dafoe, and <laughs> I did the voice. They recorded it, and the director went, "Dude, that was awesome." Well, I'd heard that before. I was like, "Oh, thank you." He goes, "You're going to be hearing from us," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, thanks." Um, and he goes, "No." This isn't our hot project right now, so it won't be in the next couple of days, but you'll hear from us. I was like, okay, thanks. And I was, I don't think I was rude, but I said, I've been coming in for three to five months. I'm not holding my breath. He goes, trust me, you're going to hear from us. I was like, thanks, what's for dinner? Well, so I went home and I, I didn't expect to hear anything. Then I did. And then I did a couple of shows, and this was before social media, but the fans apparently liked me. So then I kept getting called in more and more. Mm-hmm. The money went up. The blah, 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 blah. And now, and I do not say this lightly because I believe in an attitude of gratitude because um, you can be one place one day and somewhere totally different the next day. I am so fortunate. I currently work a lot with Funimation and some other studios. Ocratron 5000, for the fans that know, um, it's owned by Christopher Sabat. He's the voice of All Might and Vegeta. Um, yeah. So, I, and that's his natural voice, by the way. And he makes fun of me. He does an impersonation of me. It's really funny. It's all over the web. But um, he said, uh, oh, so now I don't have to audition any of my TV shows or movies. I still audition for video games. I have auditioned for Smite and Paladins till I'm sick of the and I never have been cast. But what is interesting, all of the video games I am on, I didn't audition for. I just got called for. So uh, DBZ Kakarok, I was on it because I had like five or six years earlier, I had played a character on Dragon Ball Z Kai. It was a Namekian. He was green. Elder Morgan, and he appeared in a game. Um, one of my most famous games is the Borderlands franchise. 
and I'm on the first two, my most famous film. I play a lot of characters, but my most famous one is, and I don't know why he's named this. It sounds kind of sketchy. Flesh stick. You know, think about it. When I told <laughs> my dad, my dearly departed dad, he said, well, what did you work on? And what he didn't know anything about, but he acted interested. And he goes, well, what was his name? I said, well, I played a bunch of characters, but my, the main villain is named Flesh Stick. And he like looked at me. He goes, what kind of game is it? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so then lately, and I've done some other ones, but we work under code names. Like, for example, when I did the first Borderlands, it was called Willow. And I was like, is this a game about a tree or what? I didn't know. And I wasn't a gamer, so it didn't matter to me. Yep. Um, my last... My most Why is that? Because they don't want word, and we have to sign away our lives, a non-disclosure. We cannot talk about it. So they don't even tell us what we're working on. But you don't even know what, like, but then how are you supposed to know your characters and stuff? Well, we like, see our characters, and we do it, but they don't just don't tell us what game it is. After a while, like, so one of my other latest games I've learned this term is an RPG. Mm. Um, it's called Tales of Luminaria, and it is playing <gasps> game. Yeah, it's Tales of a, Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a big deal, and I keep coming back, which is great because the money for video games is so much better even than the money for TVs and movies. So I did Tales of Luminaria, and then the one that I can actually talk about now, I couldn't before last week and i've worked off and on for a year but i recorded the entire thing in closets at my friend's house um because of covid it just released last friday and it's the borderlands franchise and it's called tiny tina's wonderlands and Ooh. i was in new york all of last week and then i weekend before last I was appearing at a con in Kansas City along with another actor that's on Tiny Tina. And we missed the launch party. And this party was to die for. Open bar, celebrities. Um, I don't keep up with names of bands. I know I liked what I heard because we FaceTime crashed the launch party. Um, but everybody had been drinking. I don't think they remembered we even called in and they couldn't hear us. But there was a band called Cage the Elephant that played there they were really good um but yes we can finally talk about it i play chartreuse lachey and i just heard to, well it is but um a friend of mine that's really a, a guy in fact i got a free version of the game but i gave it to him um so he could play it and he called me today he says it's amazing and i sound fabulous and he can't believe it was recorded in his closet <laughs> a couple of jokes it was funny the engineer came with me and we'd get out of the closet and it was kind of hot i go let's step out of here i gotta get out i gotta step out of the closet <laughs> that happened years ago but my character that i play chartreuse lachey it was a real stretch for me i play a gay pirate and oh ironic <laughs> come on they they wanted it to be very family friendly although i think it's very violent there were some great lines that they cut i mean can you imagine you know play on the word booty and 
stuff, but they they cut it. And I got I remember I sang a little pirate shanty or something. Apparently, my lover Bloodwallow, who is voiced by the brilliant Kent Williams, was maybe killed by this other character voiced by the brilliant Kiba Walker. Um, we were all at the same con in Ohio last month. And we were like, wow, this is like Tiny Tino's True Wonderland. But I think that somehow we're ghosts of gay pirates. I don't know. I have no idea. And Kyle will tell you that if you can ask me about any of my shows, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. But I don't watch them. For the people that are interested, my top shows are, they usually elicit some oohs and ahs. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. I'm not on the series of My Hero Academia. I'm in the movie Two Heroes. And I thought I was a bit part. Uh, the whole plot turns on me and Sony complimented me. I was like, oh, thank you. It is pretty good. I, I recorded it. I woke up one morning at 3 a.m. and two of my movies were on back to back on the Stars Network. So I felt important. Wow. So I recorded them. I did not rewatch Broly because I'm bit parts on Broly and I don't even Which, know. Which, wait, you were in the, um, you're talking about the, the newer one, the one that launched, I think, like a few years ago? Yeah. Dragon okay. Ball Super Broly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think, yeah, I, I think, I think I very, you told me that. I think I'm the very first voice that you hear. And then later on, I'm some space guy that falls off a cliff. I don't know. But I was falling. So I was getting more popcorn just to stay awake. But um, I rewatched Two Heroes, and it's it's actually quite good. Um, yeah, that, is a, that is an amazing movie. I've, I've um, seen it recently. And then, of course, I'm on one show that I will never watch. It's one of my favorite characters, but I don't have a thousand episodes in me. A little show called One Piece, uh, Mr. T. Bunkley. Oh, my God. I fucking love One Piece. I'm on a show that I hear is brilliant, and I've tried to watch it, and I will someday, called Black Butler of William T. Spears. It's one of the... I usually play kooks and gods and freaks and flamboyant monsters. Um, monsters! I, my favorite word. Girl. <laughs> I, I do I do get to play a sexy nerd because I'm William T. Spears. I'm Soul Eater. I'm a little demon. Goblin Slayer. I'm Dwarf Shaman. Fairy Tale. I'm Bob. Um, Full Metal Alchemist and Brotherhood. I'm Yoki. Um, I'm everything Dragon Ball this, Dragon Ball that. And some people are like, you were Tokyo Ghoul? I'm like, okay. I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm on shows I don't even remember. I was on an episode, I thought it was a great title, and it was popular, called um, just a bit part on that time I got reincarnated by a slime. And, oh, um, wow. One of my greatest movies that people don't know about, and it is gorgeous. And we did it at Ocatron. It stars and is produced by Christopher Sabat, All My Vegeta. It stars Ian Sinclair, Lucy Christian, um, Monica Rial. I'm like the the D-list celebrity on that show. But it's like a Pixar film. It's a Chinese Pixar film. And I didn't even wait. I bought it on YouTube. Um, I could have gotten it free later, but I'm really creepy. And it is a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, movie. So, and I'm sure I'm leaving off some really, um, oh, Black Clover. Um, Kyle, you might know I want, that I remember. 
Yeah, no, no. I was gonna say no. There's definitely a bunch. Um, I'm not on Yu Yu Hakusho. I'm not on Naruto. I'm not no, on Food Wars. God. I would not, not on Food Wars, and I'm not on Demon Slayer. But I am on Goblin Slayer. Hey, I think that counts. <laughs> so, actually, one of the questions I've, uh, you know, I've wanted to ask you now. I mean, I've been very fortunate to see you do voice acting, and my mind was. Just, Kevin, I went to see. Um, he took me to Funimation one I day. I took him for... to the studio. So, wow! <laughs> All yeah, the stuff um... I don't know that you do, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. So as you should was... see him. You should see him pole dance. Oh um, God! I'm what? <laughs> I'm kidding. But listen, um, you know, and Kyle, I talked to you about this from the crusty little frost bank building. They built this empire in front, which is the one you went to, Kyle. Mm-hmm. And then they said they're moving. I'm like, why would you move from this five? You know, Sony Pictures bought them, and well, I went to record at the studio, and now I see why. It's in this brand new building in Capel. Some people are saying Las Colinas. It doesn't feel like Las Colinas to me. Um, and then I think they're the only company in that building. They're on the fourth floor. It is stunning. It is gorgeous. Like the walls are full screens. It's like you walk into like this big open coffee shop. They and I think there's 15 or 20 booths in it. Not to mention the business side of Funimation that I never see. You know, marketing and um, translation and writing and I mean, it it's pretty impressive. Um, it's funny though, I go into the studio, they're still very COVID conscious, uh, and I'm glad they did this too. Do you know, even though it's Texas, you know, in New York, you still, for a while, you still have to show your Vax card and ID and wear a master in the whole Broadway show. And I think that's great. You never do that in Texas because, you know, it's Texas. But Funimation, I was thrilled when they said, all current actors, you need to present your vaccination card or you cannot come record. And I thought, great. But it's weird. I still go to the studio, but all of my directors thus far are still remote. Hmm. So I'm just hearing their voice. But it's it's wonderful. Recently, I've worked again with the great um, Mike McFarland who gifted me um, Mr. Tubunkley, because he was the original Mr. Tubunkley, and he thought he was miscast and that I should play the role. So I became Mr. Tubunkley on One Piece, and he uh, became Buggy the Clown, and he was my director as well. But he directed me recently in a show that we just wrapped. Doesn't sound really exciting, but it's kind of cool. It's called The Heike Story. It's 12th century Japan. Yay! Uh, but it is kind of cool. And then I'm currently working. I'm kind of on a pause now on something I really get into because it's about vampires. Oh, I love vampires. Oh, they're sexy. And, um, you know, I've always been into dental hygiene and teeth are important. But um, I play this character. It's on this show called uh, Case Study of the Vanitas. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. But I did a lot of work and then my character's kind of gone away for a while. But I'll be back in, I think, probably in the next couple of weeks. I don't know. But I'm actually, I love what I do, and I'm, I'm blessed to do it. 
but I am so incredibly busy right now with all I do that I'm kind of okay with taking a break from the studio. Phoebe <laughs> used to say, what's the, yeah. hardest, what's the hardest thing about voice acting? I'm like, um, driving to the studio. Being a voice actor is not hard. It's kind of natural to me. Becoming a voice actor is tough, but it wasn't for me. I was helping a friend and I think the universe just said, good job, Barry. Here, would you like a career? And then it's turned into all these Comic-Con appearances, which that wasn't easy to break into either. I kind of worked to do that. And now I'm really experiencing success. By the way, I used to be represented by Level Up Talent, which is owned by Joey Fatone of NSYNC. But they did away with all their voice acting, whatever, that my current agent for cons, I don't have an agent for getting work. I have an agent for con appearances. Her name is Wendy Powell. She's one of my best friends, and you know her as Envy on Full Metal Alchemist, um, which is kind of, this is actually tying in, Kyle, with your whole little mantra thing here, okay? Fans, listen. <laughs> she got a message at like one o'clock in the morning about a month ago, and it said, hope you're well. By the way, we're doing away with our voice talent. We're only sticking with um, you know, live action stars. And she panicked because she was the head. That was one of her jobs. She Ooh. also teaches like I do. She panicked and called me up in a panic. I said, Wendy, listen, think about my story. Without going into detail, I had a major battle with mental illness and spent time in the hospital and whatever and thought my life was over. And while I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, I wouldn't trade it for the world. My perspective has changed. I'm not scared of anything. I can like, I will take over the world because of what I went through. So I said, Wendy, sometimes when life throws you for a punch, rather than just get all down and out, Kyle, you've been through this, you know, rather than just get down and be like, oh, no, which I did. I thought my life was over. I tried to make it be over, but I wasn't successful. I said, Wendy, this is an opportunity for you. This means great things. Well, hello. On March 17th, she launched her own agency, Powell Talent. She has a wonder, it's kind of boutique. There's not a lot on the roster. I think there's like 20 or 25 of us, but really big names. I have yet to meet him, but you probably recognize the name Johnny Young Bosch. He, he is represented by Wendy. So that's my current agency. But anyway, you know, with some of the things I know, Kyle, that we've talked about and kind of your philosophy of life, when when life kicks you down, rather than just go bury yourself in a hole and say, oh, well, life's over. And again, I'm not saying don't do, I'm not saying you're stupid if you do that, because I did that. But then you pick yourself up and you look at it as, okay, this means something. This is the universe saying, we need a little bit of a change. Mm, so, yep. It kind of knocks you into a whole new reality. Um, I own two Airbnbs. I live fairly comfortable right now. I would not have owned those two Airbnbs if I didn't have to go to the hospital and clean up my house and have people rent there for a while and whatever. Um, that would have never happened. And those two Airbnbs that book constantly, the first one in seven and a half years, I think I've not booked four or five weekends 
And then my other one, it's books constantly. They're booked now, you know. So those horrible, terrible times where I thought my life was over um, proved to be like, oh, no, hold on. No matter what you believe, whether it's God, the universe, Buddha or Shiva, whatever. Yeah, Shiva. Yeah. They're like, dude, you thought you were happy before. Fasten your seatbelts, baby, because, and that, and I am so grateful, is where I am now. Uh, Nobody gets in my way. I am happy, happy. Um, The money is great. Money doesn't buy happiness, but let me tell you, it does relieve some stress sometimes. And so when I can appear at a Comic-Con and people, I get paid for people to get my autograph and get their picture with me and stand in line and tell me I'm their favorite voice actor. There are worse things in life than that. So absolutely. That is amazing. I'll take a breather. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, Barry. I was so worried I wouldn't have anything to say. You always have something to say. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, Barry, um, one, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Kevin has questions too, but um, so after experiencing you the one time, so when, like I said, you took me to Funimation and uh, they were showing me how they were modifying, you know, modifying the voices so that it, it's in sync with um, the actual um, character's uh, movement of their face. Um, the, I thought that was really fascinating. The, the word for the mouth movements are flaps. And the true star in the room, I get the most credit as the actor. The director gets a little bit. The true star is the guy sitting over there silent, just punching the keyboard. Because he can make, he can slow down or speed up my voice without changing the sound of it to fit the flaps. And they're very professional terms. You ready? Yep. If I talk, if I talk too fast and he needs to slow me down, he s- does a squish. If I talk too slow and he needs to spread to speed me up, it's a stretch. So it's interesting to hear the director. Let's give it a little squish. Let's give it a little stretch. Let's give it a little. First time I heard yeah, that, that means you don't I have to someone it. was flirting with me. <laughs> but... <laughs> So, yeah, so basically you only have to record, like, what, the one time? Like, well, I mean, unless you have to, unless you mess up or something. Well, let me just toot my own horn. Most voice actors, I don't know about the real (laughs) successful, a lot of voice actors, and it might be that the director wants a different read or whatever, but um, it's nothing to have to do it five or six times. And it might have to do with fitting flaps. You know, we need to beat it up a little bit you know they can only do so much with the squish and stretch but I am known for one takes and the people in the voice industry are so nice and so patient and wonderful but if I am booked for an hour and I finish in 20 minutes that means they get a a nap a snack break a smoke break whatever and I also will say this I do. I know that I'm talented. I know that there's lots more talented people than me out there. I don't think that I work as much in this industry. I could be wrong, but I really think I'm right. 
because I'm just so fabulous and talented. I think that I work because I'm very professional. I try to be punctual, although they're patient if I have traffic problems. I'm fine in the booth, but you won't believe me when I say I know when to shut up and let them do their job. But I think that I am, I try to be humble, easy to work with, and directable. And so much more of that, along with who you know. Y'all, talent is like 30% of show business. <laughs> And, and I used to not want to believe that's true, but I'm so talented. I have so much to offer. Great. So do, uh, you know, 900,000 people that, you know, <laughs> along with you that would love to have this job. I really do believe that I work as much because I try to be easy to work with and most of all, directable. Um, some, some of my directors, it's like we read each other's minds. I know exactly what they want. It's it's really crazy. But I, re, I have to remind myself sometimes. Anything can become a job. And yep. sometimes I'll be, I'll be in a smaller booth and having to sit on a stool rather than in one of the big booths with big leather chairs. And the first thing I do, it's fine to have a face for radio because nobody ever sees me. I kick off my shoes. I could wear my pajamas. It doesn't matter. Well, and sometimes I did if I recorded from home. But um, I remember a time when I was having to sit on a stool and it was hot and they were having to do rewrites and I was finding myself whining, not to them, to myself. And I literally slapped myself and they saw me through the outside of the booth and they're like, are you okay? I said, I'll explain later. <laughs> so I stepped out after we wrapped. I remember, I think we were working on Shin Godzilla and they said, do you want to explain that hitting yourself? I said, yes, I will. I said, I was uncomfortable. It was hot. I kept having to open the door to breathe. And I wasn't comfortable on that stool. And I said, I found myself whining. And then I remembered, because this was a hot summer day, I remembered on the drive, there were construction workers out in the heat, sweating, doing manual labor, um, shoveling. Now, you know, they get paid okay, but they ain't getting paid what I get. And I'm sitting here just making silly voices and I'm a little uncomfortable and I wish I was in my comfy chair. Get over it. <laughs> you you got to remind yourself how grateful you are to be given this type of work, you know? So it's just a reminder, just every day, be grateful. Even when things aren't going okay, if you have a place to live and you're not starving, you know, just... And when you're grateful and you show an attitude of gratitude, it invites more blessings. I mean, it's so sounds crazy. I really lived my life um, very influenced by the book, The Secret. And um, I have listened to the audiobook probably 40 times and I've read it several times and it's just so powerful and positive, but not, not cult-like and not like, Scientology, it's not weird. It's all in line with the way I was raised. So very mm -hmm. powerful book. Rhonda Byrne, The Secret. And they've written, there's a movie of it too, but they've written um, more books after The Secret that I've gotten. I haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to read them all yet. But. Gosh. Well, hey, Kevin, do you have any um, questions? I'm sure you have some questions for Barry. So... Yeah, I was just trying to understand. So, 
you were talking earlier in your story, you're talking about this equity card, and I was trying to understand what that meant. Okay. That's a good question. My dream as a child, I honestly, I mean, I would have little fantasies, you know, going to sleep at night or whatever of being famous. I never really had the desire to be famous. And I love being a voice actor because most people don't recognize me. Um, they just know my character. I always thought it would be so cool to be recognized in the airport and whatever. Well, I got a taste of that with Forever Plaid, and it was not pleasant. And you feel insecure. A lot of artists, what make us great, are we're very insecure, um, at least growing up, you know. And a lot of us were bullied and, you know, whatever. It's what made us strong. But... I just wanted to have a, to make a living doing something I wanted to do. And I hoped it would be an entertainment acting or whatever. Well, I broke into the professional world really fast, but I did do a little community theater, whatever. There is this thing, um, a, an organization. It's a, it's a union mm -hmm. and it's called actors equity association based in New York. Well, LA and New York. And it's a catch-22 because when you got your equity card, you're a professional. Like, I can go to an audition for Broadway without having to do what's called a cattle call. You know, if it's an open, mm. which very rarely happens. It, it, you cannot audition for Broadway. It's not like American Idol. Where <laughs> you can't up. line up in front of the, you can't line up in front of the place and like the, yeah. one of the people, one of the um, hosts is like interviewing people while they're right. in line. Why are, what's your dream? Why are you coming here? But I used to picture that. And I was like, well, if I just stand in line and they'll discover how talented that, that is not. And it's so not glamorous. I always thought you'd audition on the Broadway stage one. You audition on this little room in this bill it's for like three people it's not at all glamorous but what's tricky there are different unions i am actually not a member of after which is um like voiceover radio tv and sag which sounds awful doesn't it oh it yeah happens. really it happens with age but uh, that's a screen actors guild now i can be if i want because of my equity card but anyway Equity is really more so. SAG is like more TV, film, movies. Equity is more stage, musical theater, Broadway stuff. So, but what's tricky about it is if you want your equity card, you can sometimes apply as a candidate. You pay some money and then you get points if you play in a theater which is an equity house, okay? But you can't play in an equity house unless you're equity. So it's like, it's impossible it's in like, so many ways. It's I like mean, the chicken or the egg. It, it's crazy. Well, so when I did Godspell, I thought, well, I'm going to I'm gonna get my candidate and I filled out the paperwork and paid a couple hundred dollars, whatever. And I was going to start working on points to get my equity card because that's every actor's dream, stage actor's dream, because that means you are truly considered a professional actor. Well, again, just like my voice acting career was like gifted to me, I did a show called Forever Plaid, Downtown Fort Worth, 
cost out in the square no longer exists. But that show ran for three years and I did it for eight months. Well, after you do it for a certain amount of time, they just came back and said, oh, guys, y'all qualified. Anybody want your equity card? And I'm like, uh, yes, please. So I was kind of gifted that um, as well. You know, I got it my sounds like what it sounds like um, when you're doing things that are meant for you, it be, it's a lot easier versus this whole idea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tried to say just like I joke about a face for radio. You know, you grow up wanting to play the romantic lead to be the pretty boy, whatever. And every actor I respect and even celebrities I might not, the advice they give is just be yourself. Don't try to be somebody. Celebrate your uniqueness. Let your freak flag fly. And I will say that I probably did not finally get it and own that until about 10 or 15 years ago. I don't try to come in and be somebody I'm not. Oh, God, last Saturday I had another headshot session. I had to do new headshots. That is like getting a physical. I hate it because I'm fine with the way I look, but I'm not going to be on the cover of, you know, GQ. It's just not going to happen. So in my younger days, I was trying to be all glamour. And I'd be like, oh, I need to hire a makeup artist. What, Baby, I showed up. I said, take the picture. You know, you can do touch-ups later. But I don't need no makeup. This is me. So hmm. whatever. Hmm. You know. So um, that's that was some really good advice. Just be yourself because we're all unique. And some of us that are more unique, when by the world standards, unique is a nice word. Let's use the word weird. Yep. Well, baby, my weird is cash in the bank. And I always, my dream, I I got to do six flags. Actually, when I was younger, I was kind of hot. Plus, I didn't realize at the time I thought it was Quasimodo. Plus, I was dancing six shows a day, so I didn't have any fat on my body. I was kind of cute. But I didn't think, because I was working with, like, literal models, the most beautiful people in the world, I felt so, like, I barely snuck in because I was talented enough as a singer and a mover, not a dancer, and an actor that I got my break to be in with the pretty people. So my, my dream was just to be in the ensemble on Broadway of all the pretty people and now, baby, all those careers are over. I am 53 and a half. And the older I get and the more weight I gain and the saggier and floppier I get, I'm more marketable because I'm a character actor. I was never a lead actor. I was never an ensemble boy. And it hurt because I wanted to be one of the pretties. And now, God, I am I ever so thankful. Because they had their photos of back in the day, but their careers are over. <laughs> Those pretty boys are over. So I I will be on Broadway. I have not yet. I've done a, a Broadway like tour. I will be. I may be townsperson number three, and I don't care. But I'm not going to age out because I'll probably do it. You know, by the time I'm sixty, I don't care. Just gives me something to look forward to. No. Yeah, there you go. That's positive, positive mindset. I like that. Yeah. Um, 
So Barry, when you get your so when you get your jobs, so what all do they provide you? I mean, obviously they don't tell you the name of the show if it can be disclosed. Um, oh, thank you. I, um, it's interesting. Um, first of all, what a lot of people picture is so not true. We almost all ninety nine percent of the time we record by ourselves. I am on shows with people I've never met. They're like, but you played her father. I'm like, so she either pre-recorded or I played to silence, which is a little challenging, you know, not having the other actor there. But, you know, in old time radio, you know, um, I Love Lucy, one mm-hmm. of my faves. Oh, I before, love that. Before it was I Love Lucy, a similar radio show was called My Favorite Husband um, with Lucille Ball, but not Desi Arnaz. Um, and in old time radio, you would see pictures of three or four people with headphones on crowding around a mic and looking at each other and playing to each other. We don't do that. There's, I won't go into it. There's a rare, rare occasion called Walla where we do for crowd scene, but we record by ourselves. The other thing is I do not get the script ahead of time. I walk into the booth. I know nothing about the show or the character, unless I'm returning, you know, with this case study, the Vanitas and the high case story, I did like, I was thinking that we're going to be like a little bit part for one hour or something. And it turned into like eight or nine sessions. So I get to know the character, but we are not sent the script in advance. We know absolutely nothing. Now, video games are more non-disclosure than the TV shows. Now, if it hasn't been released, I'm careful about talking about it on social media. But usually I'll come into a later episode, you know, episode 200, and I can talk about it, that I voiced a character. Um, But literally, I walk into the booth, take off my shoes. They're so sweet. Hey, what's going on, Barry? Sometimes we will talk. There's this one director. I adore him. His name's Jeremy. And then we talk and talk and talk. <laughs> I'll be like, um, should we get started? He goes, oh, yeah, we should. He goes, but you're so quick. It, it doesn't, we'll have time to finish. Except for the time I had to speak Russian. That was pure hell. But um, <laughs> because I don't speak Russian, um, might come in handy soon. So wait, so they like, so wait a minute. So like, you don't see the script and they're like, speak Russian and you don't know how to speak Russian and they expect you to do it. They will play the a person speaking Russian and slow it down. And I'll mimic, it's called Pete and repeat. They Pete, I repeat. And then they'll speed it up a little and I try to speed it up. And then I try to do it. Oh, it was, that was horrible and then one time i had to speak a language that didn't exist on a show called copcraft um or fire force i think it was copcraft it was a made-up language that was tricky but the russian was harder but no i literally go in take out my shoes they greet me we you know chat how's how's it going how's life and then they show me a picture of my character so i kind of think about it and then they play the Japanese, they say, we're going to play the J. So they play the Japanese. Now, when they play the Japanese, the original actor, they never want me to sound like that actor. They have a whole different 
thing that they like in Japan. They play it for me so I can see how called out I'm going to have to do. Are there explosions? Is there music blaring in the background or whatever? And then they say, okay, give it to me. And I give it whatever comes out like a burp. just comes out. And I'm happy to say that I would say about 85, 90% of the time, they're like, perfect. One take. Cut. Now, occasionally, I will give them... And the director, and I take direction well, they say, you know, what if we went a little less nasal, a little bit more guttural with a little bit more of a growl? Okay, how's this? Great, let's do it. And that's the preparation. Now, I people say, which do you prefer? I love stage. I love the process. I love the rehearsal. I love getting to meet new people and work with them. But I got to tell you, the older I get, that's a lot of work. And I love it. But voice acting, I go in, I say a couple of lines, put my shoes back on and leave and cash the check. So voice acting to me is a lot easier. It's also not really as much acting. It is very good cold reading because I don't know the script ahead of time. They will tell me something about the world or the show or the character or what's going on. And some directors are so into it. They'll talk for like 10 minutes and I'll be like, oh, huh. I shouldn't say this, but I'm like, oh, oh, check my email. I'm like, oh, interesting. But sometimes it's like, okay, so the deal is you're on this frozen planet. It's the year 3020 and the currency is, you know, chestnuts or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. And there's this girl, and you're trying to rescue her from her evil father who's trying to treat her like a slave. Go. Okay. <laughs> now I'll do one line. They'll give you a little direction, or they'll love it. And then I'll do the next line. And half the time, I have no clue what's going on. And they'll try to tell me, okay, now you are doing this, you are doing this. Um, I would love to say, oh, I study it. I develop the character. What? Now I don't. I just go, blah, blah, blah. blah. How's that? Wow. That's so different than how I imagined that that would be. Because when I like it, play these video games, like I'm like, I hear like the banter between the characters. And if you're saying like the other actors, you don't even see them. They're not even there. Like that's so, that's like, that like kind of like, in my, that like blows my mind. Like, I feel like that's like, how, how do they create that chem? How do you like create that chemistry when you don't see this other character? With good actors and a fabulous director that has a vision and knows what he wants. And I have been so fortunate to work with brilliant directors from Christopher Sabat, who, all my Vegeta, Mike McFarlane, Ian Sinclair, uh, Tia Ballard, she plays Happy the Cat on uh, Fairy Tale. Brina Palencia, who's the voice of CL on um, Black Butler. Uh, Jeremy Inman, Kyle Phillips, Jerry Jewell, um, just Colleen Clinkenbeard. My God, she, I like to have died when she said that she told me I was her favorite villain. She direct, well, she's Luffy in one piece, she's the voice, but she directs my hero. And um, the other day when that Chinese Pixar film came out, I was just Googling myself, which I try not to do in public, but I was sitting at my desk and I try to Google to see if there's anything controversial about me and I'm not that important. So there's usually not, 
um, and I came across this interview of Christopher Sabat about the, our new movie. I went, oh, cool. I want to see what he has to say. So he starts talking about the other brilliant actors in the show and talking about what they played and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden I see my picture come up, my big old mug. I went, oh. And he said, and I do a pretty good impersonation of Christopher Sabat. He said, there's this other gentleman. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, he, well, he, he he doesn't play a lot of lead roles. He plays like, I always try to cast him as kooky, crazy villains and monsters and whatever. And he's this older gentleman. Well, I checked. I'm five years older than Christopher Sabat. He's acted like I'm shade in the senior citizen <laughs> center. He does. He is prettier and younger, and you know, in better shape. But he literally. He did an impersonation of me, and it's so funny, and it's so spot on that he goes, it just kills me, because you'll meet him, and you hear him, and he's like, hi, my name's Barry Endell. I just love being a voice actor. Y'all are so nice. I like this job, and he goes, and then he'll get in the booth, and he's like, I will kill him. He goes, it's amazing, and I'm like, he's like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend. I said, Christopher, that's the biggest compliment in the world. Not all of us are blessed with your gorgeous hunk, hunk of burn and love, sexy voice, manly voice. I take that that I can manipulate my voice. That means I'm a good actor, even though my no. And I'm, I'll tell you, Brandon Palencia, who plays CL, the first time she met me, she, I worked with her, but we were at an industry industry event at some ramen noodle thing that this actress named. Trisha, Trisha, I never say her name right, but anyway, she and her husband opened a, this little ramen shop, and she had an industry event, and I was sitting there talking to Brina. I had never really gotten to talk to her that much, even though we were on Black Butler together, you know, and she said, I have a confession to make. I said, what's that? She goes, of course, I've heard of you for years and years, and you have a great reputation, and you have a, you know, a, a massive um, resume of work, body of work. She goes, but everybody talked about how great you were as a voice actor. And I met you and I heard your natural voice and I thought, oh my. And so I said, I know. It's her. She goes, but then you got in the booth and I, I saw what they meant. But, you know, you do have a, your voice, your net, everyday voice is very, I said, I know. I know. I, I can I can attest to that. I get it. My 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 mind was blown in Funimation. I'm like, who the hell is that? I remember that, Kyle. I remember you. Was somebody else with you, or is it just you? Yeah, yeah, no, it was me and uh, uh this guy named James. Oh, James, yeah. that's right. And and <gasps> James, that James. Yeah, <laughs> that James. Okay, <laughs> we don't talk about him anymore. Well. I remember looking out the window or whatever and seeing y'all's faces because y'all thought it was somebody else's voice. And one of you, I think, were like, wait a minute, that was him? Yeah, that I was think, me. <laughs> I think I was working on a show called Radiant in which I was the narrator. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, who the fuck is this? It's and like, I turned like, on the narrator voice, which is a little bit more like the Christopher Sabat voice. In a kingdom far, far away, blah, 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 blah. And then I break character. I'm like going, 
Y'all, I think I need another Diet Coke. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I sound like a big old hillbilly, like some hick that's scratching and spitting in the booth. And then I could, and I will tell you, most of my characters are coops. I know good and well, and I'm okay with this. I have a huge following of tween age girls up to like 30 and 40 ladies that are in love with William T. Spears. He's a sexy nerd. And I even sell pillowcases with him on it. And I know that women are just rolling around in their beds with fantasies going on. And then they're so excited to meet me and they stand in line and they get up and I can tell they're like, how, oh, <laughs> not what I pay. It's like if you if you picture Tom Cruise and you get Leslie Jordan, you know who that you is. You know what? I'd be he, they, actually he was on Drag Race last episode. So well, I I know him. I've actually been out to dinner with him, and he's lovely. Uh, he's um he's he's me and my boyfriend's one of our favorite. He's one of our favorites. Oh, he's charming, and you know, can you see that? Let's use the word weird. He's a weird little creature, a little gnome. And that means big bucks for him. And he's charming and lovely. I don't necessarily want to see him naked naked anytime soon. But that's not what life's all about, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely right about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, I know we're getting close to the end. Um so, Kevin, I'm getting you have any hungry. I'm getting hungry, but I'll answer. What was questions. the question again? I said, do you have any more questions before we move to the words of wisdom before we close out? I think I'm. I think, I think you answered most of my questions. I guess. Um, All right. I guess. Um, I guess for you, like, I guess for any of our listeners, like anybody who's like thinking about their dream, like, what kind of advice would you give to them, Barry? For their dream or yep. their dream as a voice actor? Just their dream? Period? Just their dream, yeah. Just their dream, period. We'll keep it general. Uh, read the secret and always put it out there in the universe. Picture, like, like play a movie in your, we all do this somewhat, but purposefully, intently, play the movie in your head of the way that nobody's life is perfect. But your idea of total happiness, career-wise, relationship-wise, um, living conditions, where you live, how you live, and just play that movie and over and over again and put it out there in the universe, and you will be shocked. It has such power. And you it may not be in show business. It may be that you want to be the greatest interior designer and have a husband that treats you like a rock star and pets, you know, house plants and garden, you know, create the world you want. And if your current situation is not going the way you want it, then change it. And we think we're so weak and that we don't have any power over our situation. Now there are some situations, you know, financially or physically that sometimes we don't have immediate power over but just be the director be the little steven spielberg of your head and make a movie of what true happiness also 
this was powerful for me. Sit down and contemplate, even with a pad and paper or recording device, what really brings me joy? And I was surprised when I did that. And I would talk to friends and say, what do you think? They said, well, when you're on stage. I said, well, yes, I'm, I'm very joyful on stage. Well, when you make money, well, it's nice, but that's not what brings you joy. And I figured it out. And it's actually moments like these, which is why I enjoy doing these things. When someone looks at me as accomplished in my field, an expert in my field, and I can inspire them in some way or teach them something, and I am respected as being successful in what I chose to do in life, that's what brings me joy. That's why not everybody loves appearing at comic cons i love it and i love meeting the fans and hearing their story and i don't care if their story is i'm working at walmart and someday i hope to own my pet grooming business that's fascinating to me in fact those of us in the business we kind of get sick and tired of hearing talking to other actors <laughs> it's like let's talk about something different um another little known fact in closing is People think that we hang out together, voice actors. Uh, there's a voice actor named Bill Butts, and kind of unfortunate name, but wonderful guy. You would know him from everything. He's on everything. Um, and I met a lovely gentleman that you think we knew each other for 30 years, Marcus Malden. I met a great guy the other day in Ohio. He's the voice of Leonardo, um, one of the Ninja Turtles in Star Wars and stuff. And his name is so hard to say, but he's such a lovely person. When one of the great things about going to cons is we get to visit with each other and sometimes meet each other for the first time. I've been on like three or four shows with these people that I've never met. And we actually get to sit down and be like, it's nice to finally meet you, daddy. Not the way that sounds, but you know, I've, oh, I've, yeah. I've yeah. Like, played people's dads and I've never met them. And seven years ago, I played their father. I'm like, howdy. One time I was at an industry event for a show called Restaurant to Another World. Christopher Sabbath was there. And this guy sat next to me. I think it's Howard Wong. I don't know. And he sat next to me for our little hibachi grill. He goes, hi. My name. And I was like, hello, I'm Barry. He goes, I think I play your grandson on this show. I went, oh, well. Hello, grandson. Wow. <laughs> we don't know each other. Before I knew Monica Real, she's a big name. I passed by, I was like, who is that? Oh, that's Monica. Hey, I've seen you before. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> oh, man. That, that is you awesome. That is but awesome. dude, you, you are the designer of your destiny. So stop letting things just happen to you. Take charge and, and start doing things that creates the life that you want. And in many cases, Kyle, I know you can attest to this. Sometimes it's putting it out there and doing things. And other times it's ridding yourself of toxicity and people that are not, they may not be so damaging for you, but my new rule is I have a, a, a small circle of friends. And if you don't inspire me in some way, I mean, I'll be nice to you and chat with you. I'm not going to spend time with you because I'm mm. life is too short. I need to spend time around people that inspire me. 
That's why, unless I'm performing in one, I don't hang out in bars. You know, <laughs> everybody goes to bars for their whole weekend. I'm like, Ugh, I go to bed early. I'm not. I, that's just not. I'm not saying I never will, and I'll meet some friends there. But as far as being one of these people that every weekend you're at the bar, just sitting there around some unhappy people, ugh. if you don't like the way your life is and that's what you're doing, that could be a start, you know, but I love an attitude of gratitude and a powerful phrase of, I am the designer of my own destiny. There's power in that. I love that. Yeah. You know, I, I can almost guarantee uh, there's people that are listening and be like, oh my God, I, like, I should totally see if Barry is going to be like my mentor or something. So, of course, um, you have an Instagram page or something that people can follow? I do. Media? And by the way, I want to make it clear the designer destiny attitude of gratitude. That's from The Secret. I would love to say I created that. I did it. I just want to give credit where credit is due. I would love you to follow me on Instagram. Um, you don't want to follow me on Facebook. I get real political and nasty. But on Instagram, it is literally voice acting, musical theater, an occasional pedicure, massage, sushi. And like if I go on a trip, I'll take pictures of my food. And um, my hotels, sometimes I'll just take a picture of my feet in the hotel because I'm relaxing. Um, it's all positive. And anybody that follows me and makes a comment about anything, I mean, if you want to be critical, you can. I always try because I don't have 70,000 followers like Sebastian on Black Butler, um, Jim Michael Tatum. I may not have time if I get 70,000 followers, but anybody who makes a little comment or something, I will always try to read through. I may miss one every once in a while and at least put a little emoji so that you know that I saw it mm -hmm. and, and I appreciate you following me i don't care so much about following but cons do and people want to know if you're popular to book by how many followers you have i'm not completely addicted to social media i've become more comfortable with it and i've learned to enjoy it more because as a human i don't need it but as a public figure or an actor or d-list celebrity or whatever I do need it to make the connection with fans and followers. So um, I do that. But at my Instagram is just Barry Endel. No spaces, no uppercase, no dashes, nothing. Barry Endel. B-A-R-R-Y-Y-A-N-D-E-L-L. Well, I'll make sure to, well, we'll make sure to add it to the episode so that way people can just click yep. the direct link. All right. Well, um, are there any more words of wisdom before we close out for today? Um, be looking for a new show of mine. It might have been released. I'm only on the first episode of this one. I won't give any spoilers. I'll be back. But called Moriarty the Patriot. It's a young Sherlock Holmes thing. And the guy that plays Moriarty is Aaron Dismuke, who literally, there's no real child actors, voice actors, but he was one exception. He was on Full Metal Alchemist. He played that robot with the kid's voice, Alphonse or something. I don't know. Um, Moriarty the Patriot, the high case story, case study of the Vanitas. And for heaven's sake, go get Tiny Tina's Wonderland. And I might actually go do that. <laughs> roll around and 
eat junk food while you listen to my voice of a gay pirate. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet, but my friend is going to try to do some audio clips to play it for me. He says it's absolutely fabulous. And I mean, it's very Adele. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> that, that is a great way to, that's to great. wrap the night up. Yeah. All right, Kevin, any other words of wisdom? <laughs> no, I think we pretty much, I feel like we've, we've said everything that needs to be said here. I think it's, I think it's important if we, whenever people are going through those spirals and feeling like I can't make a difference or they get in a really sad place to kind of think about their situation. And there are some situations that are really, really bad, but I feel like there's always some way to kind of put it in perspective and feel like you can really kind of come back from that. And it's okay to feel sad for a, for a bit, but then you yeah. realize, Oh, this is crappy, but here's what I can do to make it better. If I don't and like you it, may not be able to do it on him. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. Yeah. And it, and if yeah. you go to therapy and it doesn't help, it may be that you're not connecting with that therapist. So try out another one, shop for another one until you really connect. Yeah. You, we have more power than we think we do. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been Never lovely, be guys, and I am hungry, and I'm going to go have All dinner. Right, well, I'm glad that we were able to make this happen. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and yes. for thank you, listeners, for your time. We appreciate it. So, as always, stay classy. All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Barry. Bye. Thank you. Bye.